Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everybody. Here we go. It's that time again. Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. And it is a glorious day. It's warm. It's kind of sunny. Uh, There's almost no snow left, which makes me very happy. Of course, we're also on Comcast 97 if you happen to be in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Today is Tuesday, March 28, 2023. So nice to have you all with me. By the way, the song that we heard was Bleed Lines, brand new from the band Sepsis. It comes out next month. What was the date? April 9th, maybe? Uh, But... Uh, We received it early, and yes, we were given permission by the band to play it, and uh, such a great track. I love that. They have come a long way from when I first uh, came across them, however many years ago it was. Uh, They just sound tighter and better than ever, and they're really good live, too. Really good live. I recommend recommend seeing them. But uh, there it is, a new single from Sepsis, Bleed Lines. You heard it here first. Uh, and uh, we'll play it again, too, at the top of the hour for anyone who missed it. Obviously, it's an afternoon drive program, so a lot of people are uh, listening in their cars during their commute. So uh, we will play that again uh, at the top of the hour at 5 p.m. So welcome, everybody. If you'd like to join us on the program today, 603-250-6007 is the studio line. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Uh, I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com. You can also message me directly through the website. Uh, You can, of course, interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. And we'll say hello to everybody in there in just a moment. Uh, But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. We don't really have any uh, official guests uh, planned uh, today, although our friend Eric Pilcher... Uh, is going to uh, try to call in uh, during the last half hour of the show because 
we have something uh, specific to discuss, and it's, you know, he and I, in, in uh, many ways, we're very different politically, but there is something, uh, there are some things we agree on, and uh, I'll expand on that in a moment, but because uh, we're going to kind of sort of bookend the show with a, a certain subject, and I'm going to try to get a couple of other things in in between, but it'll all make sense. Go on this adventure with me together today. In the end, it will all make sense. Uh, but we do have some great guests uh, coming up uh, as the uh, as the week uh, proceeds. Uh, as far as musical guests, uh, tomorrow on the show in the second hour, we'll be joined by the van, uh, the band. Uh, maybe they'll get here in a van. I don't know. The band, uh, Slim Volume, is going to be joining us. And uh, on Thursday, uh, we have Off the Map. And on Friday, After Image. And Jenny will be uh, here with me in studio. Uh, she's never uh, here with me on a Friday, but she's going to be here this Friday because she loves After Image. Uh, they are a great band. Uh, so we've got a, got a few bands this week. Slim Volume was originally going to uh, be in today, actually, but uh, they uh, wanted to come in tomorrow instead. So that's fine. It all works out. So uh, so we do have some musical guests uh, coming up uh, throughout the rest of the week. We usually have two or three uh, per week. So uh, So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, lots of great stuff. So uh, I hope you'll tune in for all of that and uh, participate. Let's go ahead and say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Melanie La Liberty joins us and says, hey, guys, of course, uh, from the great state of Vermont. Easy G Eric Agnon joins us and says, happy Taco Tuesday. Uh, let's see. To my peeps. And Jenny says, shalom, peeps. A lot of talk about peeps in the uh, chat room, which I suppose is appropriate because Easter is coming. And sometimes people like to uh, eat peeps uh, for Easter, personally. I find them disgusting. But uh, it's just like eating uh, like a pellet of sugar. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Uh, Jay Fed uh, joins us in the chat room, Jason Federson. He says, I'm serious. Think about it. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you, Matt. Referring to, of course, uh, at the very top of the hour I played, that is, I should tell you who that is. That is the Remix Bros, if you're looking for them uh, on the YouTube. That is their YouTube channel, the Remix Bros. They used to be known as the Gregory Brothers, but they, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, the Gregory Brothers is somebody else. These guys used to be uh, called something else. I forget what it was. I don't think it's, I don't think they're associated with the Gregory Brothers, but anyway. Uh, the, the name of the track is Dark Brandon's Think About What You'd Think About Remix from the Remix Bros. I like to play that once in a while, and I know J-Fed really enjoys it. Uh, it is catchy, isn't it? It's a catchy number. So we opened with that, and then, of course, we uh, played the new, uh, the new Sepsis uh, single, Bleed Lines. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have in here? Jenny sh uh, shared some links uh, for Sepsis. Uh, J-Fed says, I like the drums. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Uh, the drums on that track do sound phenomenal on uh, Bleed Lines by Sepsis. Uh, the drum sound is is really, uh, really good. Um, Jenny says, woot, woot. Yep, she enjoyed it. Tom Blanchard uh, is in the chat room and says, hi, everyone. Hi, Tom. Uh, I think this is a new name in the chat room. Uh, Sue Ann Bean Taylor says, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you, uh, Sue Ann. Uh, JFed says, uh, peeps on pizza. No. Now, I would object to putting peeps on pizza. And uh, for anyone who still doesn't know what my own rules are in terms of pizza, and pizza is my favorite food. Actually, pizza is the favorite food of many people. I think if you were to do, I haven't seen any polling data on this, but uh, I'm guessing that uh, pizza is probably the most favorite, favorite food of Americans. Um, but uh, my rule about pizza in terms of toppings is... 
Uh, I believe that uh, pizza should only have delicious toppings on it. Only uh, toppings that are delicious should be allowed on pizza. Uh, toppings that are in any way disgusting uh, should not be allowed on pizza. And in fact, uh, while I am not uh, myself a religious person, I will say I do think that putting disgusting toppings on pizza is a sin against God. I'm just going to put that out there. So uh, that's a long-winded way of saying, Jason uh, Federson, no peeps on pizza. And Jenny agrees. She says, ew. Um, so there you go. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the studio line. 603-250-6007. Um, so let's get into uh, something here. You know, we've been talking a lot about music. Well, Trump, apparently, uh, you may have heard of him, uh, Donald Trump, uh, 45th president of the United States. He is, as I like to call him, the presumptive, presumptive uh, Republican nominee uh, for the uh, presidency in 2024. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I've never heard him really talk that much about music. And I remember uh, uh, Penn Jillette, you know, he had been on Celebrity Apprentice and, and he told Joe Rogan in an interview something odd that he noticed about Trump was Trump doesn't seem to really enjoy music. Like he doesn't seem to have any connection to music and maybe he does. And he just, it isn't something he displays. I know there's videos of him dancing and, and so forth, but doing sort of a dad dance, but uh, which is actually kind of funny. If I try to find something to like about him, there's that, I guess it is kind of funny, but uh, he did that in a Saturday night live sketch too. But uh, yeah, but but Trump, Trump, not a real musical guy. But apparently uh, Trump telling Sean Hannity in an interview, I feel like Elvis. Uh, this is from media. I, I feel like Elvis. Trump bizarrely crows to Hannity about the sales of his musical collaboration with Jan Six protesters. So if you don't know what this is about. um. He is now, he has topped Donald John Trump, the former president. It's quite an accomplishment. Uh, real estate mogul, uh, reality TV show star, former president. Uh, he has now uh, topped the iTunes charts. He has a hit song. How about that? Um, but the problem is uh, he collaborated on this hit song with uh, January 6th Prisoners. Uh, people who I refer to as domestic terrorists uh, who committed an insurrection. Uh, I know there's certain individuals who object uh, to me using those terms. Uh, look up the uh, Webster's uh, Dictionary uh, definitions of those terms, and you'll see that I'm right uh, and uh, objectively in using those terms. But whatever uh, cope you have to uh, engage in to uh, feel uh, somehow okay uh, with Jan 6, uh, that's your deal. But uh I uh, I think that um, a former president of the United States collaborating with domestic terrorists on a musical collaboration, I have to say, uh, it's certainly a unique way of getting to the top of the charts, as we say, but I think it's uh, pretty disgusting and vile, and uh, we've hit a new low Uh not that it's not going to get much, much worse as we go along. I also think it's a bad political strategy long term. In the short term, yes, I, I think it actually helps him win the nomination because you have, according to polling data, you have that third of the Republican Party that still ride or die for Trump. They they see him as some sort of God emperor and they, they worship him and they love him and they desperately want him back in the White House. Now, granted, you've got the other two thirds that don't necessarily feel that way. 
Um, but uh, the problem is Trump only needs that third because if if the other two thirds is dispersed among a myriad of other candidates, Trump still ends up with uh, a plurality and he he can get the nomination. And I do believe he will be the nominee. It's not going to help him in the general election, though, things like this, um, you know, collaborating uh, with uh, uh, January 6th insurrectionists on a song and then playing that song to open his rally in Waco, Texas, while images of the January 6th insurrection are on a screen, a big screen, uh, thus really showing that he has decided to fully embrace January 6th, um, because after all, it was all in service to him. Um, yeah, that that third, that that MAGA base, yeah, they, they love it, and, and that will only increase their enthusiasm. Obviously, he's got the number one song on iTunes. So uh, it, it helps him. It will help him with the nomination. But in the general election, um, I don't know. I don't think independents or moderate suburban Republicans who already abandoned him in 2020, for example, are they really going to go for this? I mean, <laughs> this is... I mean, this is out there. I mean, I almost don't want to say it because so many other people have made this observation. It seems almost cliche, but if anyone, if any of you have seen the movie Idiocracy, I mean, doesn't it seem like with this, like we're all the way there? We are living in idiocracy. Um, it's a very funny movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. But unfortunately, um, it's also a little bit depressing in a certain way. Now, part of why I want Eric Pilcher to join us, uh, he's, he, he can't get on, on with us because of his new job. He can't get on until the last half hour. He said he'll be able to call in around 5.30 hour time. Uh, he's in another time zone because he is in Iowa. I just want, uh, because he and I were uh, messaging back and forth earlier about this, and I know his thoughts on it. And I, I wanted to get, get him in on it because just for, for anyone out there, because I, you know, hey, I hear things. I know what people say. People will say, some people will say, oh, Matt, there he goes again. It's just because of his personal politics that he doesn't like Trump. That's the only reason he disapproves of all this uh, type of thing. That's the only reason he's so critical. I know there's people who will say that. And that's not the reason. The reason is I find this kind of thing uh, thoroughly disgusting. Uh, and just, I, 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 I mean, <laughs> you know, does it get any worse? Oh, it will. It will. It will get it will get much more uh, disgusting uh, as we uh, proceed uh, through this uh, campaign. I have no doubt it will. Uh, the, we, you know, we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm quite sure of it. But the thing is, the reason I want Eric to chime in on this is he doesn't like this stuff either. And Eric happens to be. If you don't know, Eric Pilcher, he's uh, for one thing, he does do our classic film reviews for us, which we appreciate. So he's part of the show. But he also happens to be, so for anyone who thinks, oh, it's uh, Matt, it's, it's just, he just doesn't like Trump's politics. That's why he picks on him. No, Eric Pilcher, who also does not approve of what Trump uh, does here uh, in terms of January 6th, happens to be a white Midwestern Christian conservative who uh, used to support Trump. He voted for Trump. He was supportive of Trump. Um, so just, you know, just so you know, there are conservatives who also find this kind of thing that Trump has done, uh, completely repulsive. So it's not just me. 
Um, I mean, Eric, you know, he, he used to support Trump and, and then he kind of, he was, uh, not to speak for him, he can speak for himself and he will when he calls in later, but you know, he, he kind of, but he kind of soured on, on some things, uh, after, uh, well, after the insurrection, of course. And then, but I remember, and he talked about it on the show, so I'm not telling tales out of school. He, he said this publicly. He said, when Trump started to publicly float the possibility of pardoning uh, everyone who overran the Capitol on January 6th, everyone who's been charged or convicted or anything, when Trump actually publicly started to float that, that he might do that if reelected, that was it for Eric. Um out of uh, common sense, uh, decency, and I dare say a sense of patriotism, uh, because to me, it's not particularly patriotic to be okay with, uh, you know, uh, letting uh, uh, insurrectionists attack our capital, the seat of our democracy. Um, Eric uh, said, when, when Trump started saying that, Eric said, that's it, I'm out. I cannot support this man any further. That's it. If, if he's going to even consider actually pardoning these people, nope, can't do it. No matter how much I agree with his policies, and I bring that up because I oh I hear that all the time. Oh, God, I, I, I couldn't count how many times I've heard, oh, you know, Matt, I don't really like Trump and a lot of the things he says and does. Oh, but his policies, his policies are so great. I love his policies. It's like, really? <laughs> oh, okay. You you like his policies. So in other words, you're a Republican and you like his Republican policies. You know who you can get those Republican policies from? Literally any other Republican you could nominate. There's <laughs> nothing special about Trump in that regard. Um, but anyway, so uh just so just so we're all clear. So anyone who wants to say, oh Matt, he's so biased. He's so no, this isn't about politics. This is about, we have a former president of the United States who has a hit song. He has now topped the iTunes chart. A hit song where he collaborated with the, what are they called? The, the J6 choir or something? All these people who are locked up because they stormed the Capitol on January 6th? And then he plays this at his rally with his hand on his heart. Oh, so patriotic, so patriotic as we look at, as we look at video while this song is playing, as we look at video of an insurrection happening while the president of the United States sat on his hands for two and a half hours and didn't lift a finger to do anything about it until he finally caved two and a half hours in because everyone around him was begging him to intervene and call off the dogs. But this is, I mean, look, even I, I know, I know there's people who there's nothing I, there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say that will change how they feel about this guy. I understand that. But for anyone who might be on the bubble, obviously minds can be changed. Eric Pilcher changed his mind. You know, at a certain point, Eric had to say, okay, this is, this is getting, this is too much. He's going to pardon these people. No, I cannot abide that. Okay. But for anyone who's on the bubble. I would just say, I mean, th does this not seem, I mean, we're in a, a crazy bizarro land here. <laughs> this is, this is, you know, you, you wouldn't write that if you were writing a book, 
you wouldn't write this if you were writing a fictionalized uh, account of how you think America might just, well, fall into idiocracy like in the movie. Well, let's look at the, the article here, shall we? Okay, this is from Mediaite. I feel like Elvis. Trump bizarrely crows to Hannity about the sales of his musical collaboration with Jan Six Prisoners. Uh, it says here, former, former President Donald Trump is overjoyed about topping the musical charts in his collaboration with prisoners who allegedly attacked the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. In a bizarre exchange with Sean Hannity Monday on Fox News, this happened last night, the former president took a hard-to-fathom victory lap for his commercially successful collaboration with people who stand accused of, in many cases, attacking law enforcement, among other crimes. Oh, that's another thing, too, by the way. We'll get back to the article in a second. But yet another slap in the face to the Capitol Police. Um, it's just another slap in the face. A song, a song celebrating the Capitol Police being attacked. I, I, I mean, this. <laughs> how do you how do you support this kind of thing and call yourself someone who supports law enforcement? Because ideologically, the same people who love this kind of stuff will also tell you if you ask them. Well, do you support law enforcement? They'll say, oh, absolutely, I support law enforcement. Those are American heroes. But if you're having a conversation with someone like that, if you say to them, yeah, I mean, look, geez, what happened to Brian Sicknick? That's terrible, right? And then just watch as, as their expression changes and their entire demeanor goes from somewhere between uh, just total indifference to almost a disdain, like, oh, yeah, that guy. Well, he didn't actually die on scene. Any, he didn't die till the next day, so whatever. Oh, but you support law enforcement. You think they're heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Capitol Police. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not them. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, let's see. And it notes here, the Department of Justice has found that approximately 1,000 assaults on law enforcement took place that day. Yeah, so just so you know, if you're at a rally, the song is playing, you're watching the video, you got your hand on your heart, you're singing along to the song... Uh, that's what you're supporting. Just so we're clear. Uh, Hannity asked, are you really beating Taylor Swift, by the way? And Trump crowed, I did. The J6 is beating Taylor Swift. It's Donald Trump and the J6 prisoners, unquote. If you're just joining us, let me be very clear on something, too. This is not from The Onion or some other satirical news site. This is not from, uh, what's the military one that I've seen that I really like? Duffel bag? No. Duffel bag something. Or this is not from, uh, what's the, the more conservative leaning one? I can't remember what that one is either. I, oh, I, I, it's too bad because I actually like the site. They take a lot of criticisms, but I actually think they're funny. But the onion is kind of like the, <laughs> the onion is, is the, the, the top drawer of, of all those anyway but th but this is this is real it, it just if you're just joining me and you haven't heard this is not this is not satire this is not a bit this is real this is real this is where we are with this and this guy this is what's happening so uh 
Trump rattled off the streaming services and other major musical entities on which his song is currently tops. On iTunes, on Amazon, Trump said, wow, Hannity said, interjecting. Trump said, quote, and on Billboard, which is the big deal, number one, Donald Trump. So now I feel like Elvis because we've done The Apprentice. That was a great success. Now I've done a recording or whatever you call it, unquote. You can call it a recording. You can call it a song. You can even call it a record. People actually do still use that term, believe it or not. Uh, in the collaboration, Trump is heard reciting the Pledge of Allegiance while various January 6th prisoners sing the Star-Spangled Banner from their jailhouse phones. Trump gave credit to the prisoners for the song's commercial success. Trump said, quote, you know what that is? That's a tribute to the fact that people feel the J6 people have been unfairly treated, unquote. It's actually a tribute to, uh, in my estimation, it's a tribute to things like uh, sedition, insurrection, treason, uh, domestic terrorism. Uh, what else? Well, uh, we needn't quibble, right? Uh, let's see. According to the uh, Department of Justice statistics, approximately 220 of the January 6th prisoners were sentenced to jail after their cases were adjudicated. An NPR analysis shows approximately 400 cases are still pending. Now, just to uh, let's um, let's clarify another thing here, because I know there's some people who will say who sort of downplay January 6th. Um, they don't like to call it an insurrection, even though an insurrection is defined. I mean, the Webster's Dictionary definition is a violent uprising against a government or authority. So, yes, it was an insurrection. I am using the term correctly. Thank you very much. But, uh, you know, but some people try to or, or, or they try to say, oh, what's the big deal about the dead cops? They didn't uh, they didn't die on scene. One of them uh, died the next day. Another committed suicide afterward, you know, and they just kind of shrug that off which is shocking to me every time I hear it, but that literally is what people have said to me, uh, both on, uh, both in private conversation and on the air. Like, wow, you know, those, those police, they didn't die there. It's like, oh, okay, so I guess it's no big deal. I'm sure that's great comfort to the families of those dead cops, by the way. Once again, way to support law enforcement. But anyway, uh, for those of you who maybe you don't necessarily approve of what happened January 6th, but you don't think it's that big of a deal either, like, you know, and, and you, you have all your, uh, all your ways of sort of downplaying it. Um, I would just say, uh, are you okay with Trump actually celebrating it? So even if, even if you don't think it's that big of a deal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Like, say, say you're in a space where, okay, you don't think it's right to call it an insurrection. Uh, you think it just got a little out of hand, but what those people did was wrong and they should have to pay some sort of penalty in the criminal justice system, let's say you're there. Are you okay with this? Because Trump Trump is celebrating these people. He's celebrating with them. He's having a hit song with them. He's he's saying they're, they're being treated unfairly after what they did on January 6th. You okay with that? And the sick thing is, I can probably accurately predict what some people would say. Uh, I think uh, EZG is on the line. Hello. Hey, I got a question. I sent you an article about Mike Pence. They said yes, yes to come in and talk, but they said no. He doesn't count. He said he can plead the fifth. So, so uh, what's up with that? Well, if he wants, my head. well, if he wants to plead the fifth, he does have to actually go there and testify. He, okay. He, do you think that's ever going to happen? He he can't just say, "Well, I'm not showing up." Although he may try to do that because. Um, that was something that happened a lot during the Trump administration, but that was actually with congressional subpoenas. This is, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to get away with that here. So I think he is going to have to show up. He's going to have to comply. But yeah, he'll he'll probably try not to say anything uh, to... Uh, I have to agree with you. I always agree with you, by the way, but I have to agree with you that none of this stuff can really go to... Um, Honestly, all these messed ups and stuff, but he, he he's not going to throw his name in a hat for president. No way. Mike Pence? Yeah. Oh, I think he is. He's traveling. He's been to really? New He's been well, to he New won't win, though. No, he won't. He has no chance of being the, no- uh, being the nominee. Well, I guess he, runs, he went against daddy. That's right, Eric. He went against daddy. Uh, yes. Uh, re- Republicans, uh, as far as I can tell, I think most Republicans despise Mike Pence, even though ideologically you'd think they'd be with him. But uh, but yeah, he didn't uh, you know, he didn't uh, do what daddy wanted him to do. So right. uh, don't, you, don't you think all the people that made, that went into that building, shouldn't they all be in jail or prison? Yeah, to varying degrees. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's people who wandered in because they were too brain dead to know better. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, there's no excuse for entering the building. Um, it's one thing to, to it's one thing to be protesting outside. That's fine. Because one of the things I hear too, people get upset with me. Well, Matt, you're saying everyone who is there should be in jail, even though I've never said anything like that. But for some reason, people hear me say that, even though I've never said that. So no, I think that the anyone who did not enter the building, who did, and who, and who. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because there are people who never made it into the building because they were busy actually in in combat with these Capitol police. So uh, but any anyone who didn't enter the building, nor did they uh, violently attack a Capitol police officer or anyone else, uh, you know, people who are just there protesting who maybe had cooler heads, uh, they should not be be punished just for being yeah, there. People forget that they love Trump. People died that day. Yeah, yeah, but that's not a joke. No, it's not. It's not. But uh, but the only uh, the only one they uh, people who love Trump, the only death uh, they're concerned with is that of Ashley Babbitt. Um, they'll they'll uh, they're very upset that she was shot, but they don't they. You know, anybody else, they'll they'll kind of just shrug it off. Unfortunately, yeah, I never heard about that uh, number one song. That's that's pretty disgusting. 
well, this just happened, but yeah, yep, it's it's uh, it's remarkable. Um, I I don't think yeah. I I don't think iTunes should allow that. I don't think they should uh, allow that song on their not. platform. Shame on them. Yeah. Yep. Change something a little bit. Have you been following a mess with Ticketmaster and? Uh, are they in trouble now because they they didn't sell tickets properly for Taylor Swift or or is it just a big big company you know nothing will happen? Yeah, we might get into that another day. I have been following that. All right, not going to get yeah, into it right now. Like, it's a big like a monopoly. It's a big subject. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, I, I haven't gone to shows in a long time, but I I did go to shows when I was younger, and the tickets weren't that expensive. Of course, I won a lot of tickets, so that means you go for free. That always helps. Mm-hmm. But it seems like tickets are oh, so expensive now and hard to get. Yes. Yes, that, that is the case. Um, a lot of times uh, uh, scalpers, well, well, not just scalpers, but these um, third-party ticketing agencies, some of which are actually owned by Ticketmaster, <laughs> so it's oh, yeah. all a scam. Uh, they, they buy up the tickets and then resell them at, a, at an elevated price. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that uh, latest on Trump news, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that uh, that kind of guy. What? I, I, you know, I didn't hear the Donald Trump news, but I, I shouldn't be surprised that he's that kind of guy. You know, he's kind of a uh, kind of a bad guy. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I certainly don't have any positive feelings about him. Yeah, well, I'm going to leave the line open in case somebody else wants to talk about this, and talk to you later. All right, Easy G, thank you for the call. All right, that's our friend uh, EZG. Uh, I do want to look at some uh, Facebook uh, uh, chat comments here. Uh, Melanie says, not a musical guy. I have heard from many reliable sources that he... Oh, I'm not going to read the rest of that comment, but that is funny, Melanie. Uh, JFed says, he also likes to dance and prefers to perform... Uh, Yeah, we're going to skip that, too. Uh... (laughs) But those are great. Um, let's see. Crystal, our friend from Illinois, joins us in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jenny uh, points out in the chat, he only rewrote the national anthem. What's the big deal? Yeah, I thought that was sacred uh, to uh, true American patriots. You don't mess with the national anthem, but uh, I guess it's okay when some people do it, right? Uh, DJ Steve joins us in the Facebook live chat and says, good afternoon. Uh, DJ Steve, of course, uh, one of the hosts uh, of Retrospectrum Radio with Paul E.C., which you can hear live every Friday night from 8 to 11 p.m. Uh, I'm also on that show. Uh, this past Friday, it was, of course, Paul E.C. It is his show. Along with DJ Steve and myself, we had a great time. And if you missed it, not only is it in the archive at WMNHradio.org, but you can hear the replay right here on WMNH tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, Miriam Banish joins us in the chat room. Hello, Miriam. Uh, Crystal says Trump will not be the nominee because of his recent behaviors. He's playing with fire with antics that make you scratch your head like WTF is he thinking? Well, here's the thing, Crystal. I do think he'll I I, I still think he'll be the nominee, but it's going to make it very difficult for him to, to win the presidency. All of these antics, I think it makes him because that that core base which I've seen polling data that suggests is probably between 35 to 38% of Republicans who still love Trump uh, and they're committed to him. Um, As long as they stay united, what's going to happen is all the other candidates who get in, um, you know, they'll, they'll have the scraps. They'll have the other, uh, I'm not good at math, the other 40 to 45%. No, it'd be more, I'm sorry. It'd be more than that. The other 65%. 
60 to 65% of what's left, which sounds like a lot, but again, it's going to be dispersed among many people. That's what happened in 2016. That's how Trump got to be the nominee in 2016. You know, he was in he was in double digits in polling here in New Hampshire. And I remember people here in New Hampshire saying, oh, Trump's not going to win. He's not going to win the New Hampshire primary. And I and I was I was going, hey, look at the polls. You've got Trump at like 30 percent. And then uh, these other uh, candidates like Rubio and and uh, Jeb and. Uh, Carly Fiorina and some others, they're they are all in the single digits. And Trump's got like 30%. Of course he's going to win the New Hampshire primary. But there were people in denial right up till the end. It was uh, it was kind of strange. But I, I think the same thing is going to happen this time. Uh, DeSantis, who has not announced yet, um, I don't, I don't, I mean, he's the biggest threat to Trump. But I think, I even see, I see uh, commentators and uh, Republican strategists on going on Fox and they seem like they're, they're in this place where, you know, they, they, they want to put Trump in the past. They want to put Trump in the rearview mirror, but they also seem really discouraged at, at the prospects of it. Like, like they don't think DeSantis has it as far as taking Trump down in the, in the primaries. And they don't think Nikki Haley does either. Um, there's others who might get in. Um, Mike Pence is getting in probably, but he has no chance uh, who else? Oh, Tim Scott. There's rumors Tim Scott is getting in because he traveled to Iowa recently, and I think he's coming here to New Hampshire as well. He he will probably get it. Again, that's how you can figure it out. Usually, you just look at their travel patterns. If they're going to Iowa or coming here to New Hampshire, uh, they're probably planning to run or thinking very seriously about it. So, um, so I think that I think that you know Trump is going to suck up most of that most of those uh, delegates. In the primaries and and uh, the others uh, in their double digits, they'll get the scraps and and Trump will be the nominee. So that's why I refer to him as the presumptive presumptive nominee. But I but I can't imagine how this is going to play in the general election. Um, the best shot that Trump has in the general election, if he's uh, you know unless he's going to somehow undo all of this uh, this uh, madness, uh, is if uh, if Biden just really implodes. And that's why, you know, I'm angry at Biden, too, because I want Biden to hurry up and make an announcement. But I want him to hurry up and make an announcement that he's not seeking a second term. Uh, and we need to get some new blood in there because that would be the one thing that would hand Trump uh, a chance at getting back into the White House. If Biden just it just doesn't seem like he has it in him, because I got to tell you, uh and by the way, if you missed yesterday's show, we we did a segment that was actually very critical on Biden. Uh, but uh, my biggest criticism of Biden is I think he's selfish. Um, I think it's selfish of him to insist on running for re-election, assuming he is. And I do believe that he is because, uh, you know, the thing is, I mean, we just need younger on both sides. Uh, on both sides, we need younger, fresher blood fresher ideas in there and, and new energy, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, at this point I'd, I'd settle for a young, fresh faced 70 year old candidate, you know, but you know, the, the, the 80 year old man we have now is, uh, listen, I, I mean, real talk. I mean, you know, to be really raw and, uh, impolite about it because this isn't something you say, in polite conversation, but let's, let's be, let's be honest. Um, 
sometimes, sometimes Biden, you know, he seems like he's got some pep in his step and he seems really uh, with it and and uh, alert and, you know, he rises to the occasion like the State of the Union. Um, even, you know, even some Republicans who didn't like anything he had to say necessarily, they, they, they gave him uh, credit for, you know, seeming to seeming to be pretty, uh, pretty spry. Um, so he is able to rise to the occasion, but there's other times when he walks up to the podium to say, to say something and interact with the media and so forth. And, and it's like, uh, you know, grandpa needs a nap and, and I'm sorry. I know that's not nice to say, but I'm just being real here. Um, he needs to, he needs to let somebody else get in there. Uh, I don't know if there's a worry that Kamala Harris just isn't up for it. I don't know, but the, the best shot that Trump has in the general election is if people just lose confidence in Biden and, um, you know, and again, I hate to be ageist, but because that's, that's one thing, that's one thing Trump does have over Biden. I mean, Trump's not much younger, but I mean, when we elected Trump, we elected the oldest president in the history of the United States until we elected Biden. And then we elected somebody even older, but Trump doesn't seem any different to me. You know, Trump doesn't seem, I don't see any signs of frailty on Trump, and I, I don't see any, what I perceive to be a loss of cognition from uh, when he was first elected to now. Uh, I, I mean, aside from, I mean, unless you consider this uh, th this crazy stuff like this despicable song that he's uh, created, um, maybe that's an indicator of a, of a change in cognition. I don't know. Uh, this uh, terrible judgment. Um, which I do think will hurt him in the general election, but maybe maybe he's banking on you know he'll he'll just uh, keep doing this kind of stuff because he knows it 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 is likely to get him the nomination because it keeps the base very excited. They were very excited at that rally. I mean, I saw a video of you know Trump's got his hand on his heart and they're they're the, the song is playing with the the J six choir celebrating what happened January sixth. Like it was just this great patriotic event and and people are singing along and everybody's got their hands on their heart. I mean, you know, th there's a lot of enthusiasm for this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like I said, it's it, we are living in idiocracy. That's a reference to the movie. If you're just joining us, that's not probably my third or fourth reference to it today, but we are living it. We are living the movie, but. He might, from his perspective, uh, he might be banking on, you know, do whatever crazy stuff he has to clinch that nomination and then uh, hope that Biden just implodes during the general election campaign, thus paving the way for Trump to get back in. And that's why I say I think Joe Biden is selfish. You know, it's time to step aside. Again, I, I, I don't I don't like to be ageist, but. If we saw. I mean, I would have more confidence in Biden if we saw the Biden that we saw at the State of the Union on every occasion. But sometimes the dude really does. I don't agree with, you know, of, you, know you, you can turn on Fox or Newsmax and hear them talking about, oh, he's Biden has dementia, this and that. I don't I don't 
you know, I'm not making any kind of a diagnosis. I don't see any signs of that. I don't think it's that. I think he's just he's just maybe a little slow sometimes because he's an 80 year old man. Um, you know, hey, there might I, listen. I remember when I was a kid and Ronald Reagan was president. I remember, I remember my dad saying it. In fact, because I think that I think the entire reason. I got so infected by this fascination with politics at such an unhealthy young age. And I say that somewhat flippantly. I mean, I, I actually, I'm glad that I got interested in politics at such a young age, but, um, but I, I do think that a big part of the reason is um, because I used to witness uh, conversations on a regular basis, uh, pretty intense uh, political discussions between my dad and his best friend, Dan. And they were kind of, uh, ideological opposites because my dad at that, believe it or not, at that time was a Democrat and Dan was a Republican. But I remember my dad saying he thought Reagan was just too old. He was just too old. And, um, I think Joe Biden is just too, I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but you know, dude's going to be 82 when he starts his second term, if he wins reelection and you know, I've uh, listen, I've I've seen people in their 90s who seem who still, you know, seem to have it totally together mentally, you know, maybe not so much physically, you know, that's uh, you know, you, you get you get to be that old. It, it gets a little tough, obviously. Right. But um, but people who seem to still have all their mental uh, faculties and, and seem still really sharp and, and uh, quick and all of it. Right. You know, if, if we're lucky. Right. That's what happens. That's an interest. That's a, cr- a cruel thing about life, though. Is right. If if we're lucky, we get to be old and uh, very old and decrepit. <laughs> if, if we're lucky, if we're unlucky, we die young. If we're lucky, we get to uh, uh, eventually have everything fall apart on us. Isn't that great? <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I got really dark there. But I'm just look. Uh, I, I I can't imagine a second term with him. I can't, I mean, it's, it, boy, talk about a no-win situation. On the one hand, I can't imagine electing uh, this guy who has a hit song celebrating the January 6th insurrection, right? Uh, I can't imagine that, but I also can't imagine uh, a second term of Joe Biden. And And that has nothing to do with policy or anything. That has to do with just... Don't we need somebody a little younger and more energetic? Come on, man, to uh, quote the uh, current president. Um, but I, anyway, that was a long-winded way. I, I went off on a tangent there, but I disagree with what you're saying in the chat, Crystal. I, I do think that uh, I, I do think Trump will be the nominee. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Isaac Banks. <laughs> Isaac Banks joins us in the uh, chat room, of course, from Greensboro, North Carolina. He says, good afternoon, Terry Hornstein. You are looking good in red. See, Isaac comes into my chat room to hit on on the ladies who, as far as I know, aren't even in the chat room. It's interesting. They do it different in Greensboro, North Carolina. Let's just say that. Uh, And I do hope we meet soon and maybe come to Greensboro, North Carolina to visit me. Hashtag Matt. I was giving a shout out to CBS Miami news anchor female woman is Terry Hornstein. Oh, well, shout outs to uh, Terry Hornstein. 
the uh, CBS Miami news anchor. And uh, I do so hope, uh, Isaac, that Terry does give you a chance and goes to visit you in Greensboro, North Carolina. I think that would be lovely. Please uh, send us pictures if uh, such a, uh, an event does happen. Put it on uh, the Instagram or something. Uh, Nick Murdoch, here's a name we haven't seen in a while. Nick Murdoch is in the chat room and says, My 60-day ban is over. Yay. Praise be to our Lord and Savior, Maddie C. And hello to everyone I haven't seen in forever. Also, make sure to go to the Hopknot tomorrow. Well done, sir. Well done, Nick Murdoch. Yes, the Hopknot, our amazing sponsor in the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street. They will be open tomorrow. Don't go there today, as Nick knows. He, that's why he said tomorrow. Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but tomorrow is Wednesday, and they will be open. And their ovens are fixed again. Uh, let's see. Isaac Banks says, I would like to say Infinity Love rocks. I don't. Uh, I think you're referring to Infinity Vein, uh, Isaac, a uh, uh, band that we uh, are friends with and we often feature on the program. Infinity Vein. Uh, Crystal says in the chat room, hope neither Trump or Biden make it past the primaries. No, they they will. I mean, like I said, I do believe Trump is going to be the nominee. And I, I absolutely believe Biden. You know, I mean, we've never seen an incumbent uh, president uh, taken down in the primaries. We've seen some close calls. Right. When uh, I always think back to 1992, when Pat Buchanan came perilously close to defeating George H.W. Bush in the New Hampshire primary. Um, you know, and of course, uh, Ted Kennedy did challenge Jimmy Carter for the Democratic nomination when Carter was a uh, an incumbent uh, president uh, in, uh, in the uh, 1980 election, ultimately losing to Ronald Reagan. But, uh, but no, I'd, I'd be shocked uh, to see Biden uh, uh, not make it through the primaries. Uh, Crystal says, we need new blood in there, like Matt said, someone who really wants to unite the country versus just saying it like Biden did. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't, uh, blame Biden for how do you not, how do you unite the country? I don't, I don't think you, uh, I don't know how you do it. So, I mean, I, yeah, he, he said he wanted to, but I don't know what, what would you have him do? I guess what is what I'm saying. Uh, Crystal says talk is cheap. Real action is that direction is more meaningful and speak louder than a bunch of empty words. Actually, Crystal, Maybe I do agree with you. I'm I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking about what you said. There is one thing. So for the most part, the whole unite the country thing, I don't buy into it to begin with because we're so polarized and I have no idea what to do about it. But um, I do think Biden made a mistake when he gave that that speech. Um, I especially once I had a little time to sort of process it all, because when he first gave the speech, I thought, I mean, Obviously, there are. Uh, I don't. I don't want to relitigate it, but let's just say you know the speech I mean when he talked about the the MAGA Republicans and he kept using that phrase MAGA Republicans uh, who don't believe in democracy, et cetera, et cetera. I I did think that was a misstep, and um, and I don't think there was much to gain from it. Granted, he did make that speech, and then the Democrats did much better than expected in the midterms. So maybe I'm wrong, but correlation is not causation, as we often say. And I don't know if because I only mention that because some people gave Biden credit for saying that that speech actually turned out to be a good thing for the Democrats because it helped the Democrats. Whereas I say, I don't know that it actually did. Um, I don't know that there's any connection there. 
Uh, Melanie says, come on, Matt. We are using Gatorade on plants yet, at least. Oh, we we are using, or do you mean we aren't using Gatorade on plants yet? Um, see, I don't water plants, so I wouldn't even know what you use. I mean, I would assume you don't use Gatorade unless you want the uh, plants to get uh, electrolytes and things like that. Isaac Banks says, Biden just doing his best, and he is trying of conviction, hashtag Matt. Charles Richardson joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Charles. So here's the thing about, I have a unique way of looking at the Biden presidency. I've, I've mentioned, oh, wow, we're already at the top of the hour. My God, goes by so quick. Let me just say this, and then we're going to uh, play the uh, new single from Sepsis again. So if you missed it uh, at the four o'clock hour, you're going to, uh, get to hear it now. But this is how I look at the Biden presidency. And I've, I, I do believe it is a completely unique way of looking at it because I've never heard anyone else say this. But here's what uh, <laughs> Nick Murdoch says. Top of the hour jam time. Let's do this, fam. That's right. Uh, I missed you, uh, Nick Murdoch. Here's how I look at it. I already got the thing that I wanted most out of a Biden presidency. So... I say to him, I sound like I'm from Greensboro. I say to him, hashtag Biden, uh, you can go now. Thank you. Thank you for uh, everything, but we're good. You can go now. Now, the reason I say that is this. The one thing that at the time I wanted the most out of a Biden presidency, the thing that it was that on the top of the list for me was I wanted a better uh, policy and approach and strategy on dealing with COVID-19. At the point of the election, we didn't have the vaccines yet. We knew Pfizer and Moderna were working on them, et cetera. But I'd become uh, tremendously dissatisfied with what I perceive to be Trump's uh, disinterest. Uh, and it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um just all over the place in terms of messaging and policy and, and, and in some cases doing some things I think that were really damaging, like, you know, they had restrictions in some States and like Michigan, for example, and then Trump is going on Twitter and saying, liberate Michigan. It's like, what do you mean? Liberate Michigan. Uh, you used to support uh, certain limits uh, in terms of human interaction while we try to uh, get through this pandemic, you know, remember 15 days to slow the spread. Now you're saying, you're going on Twitter and and uh, trying to get people to rebel <laughs> in these states where where COVID is, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole thing about uh, policy around COVID specifically. But I, th the point being, I thought Trump, who, well, in the very.
very beginning of the pandemic, he certainly wasn't very good. He was very cavalier about it, saying it's just going to wash through. Don't worry about it. Um, and then, and then, uh, but when it started to be obvious that this was, no, this was a serious problem and it was here, you know, California was already closing down. Trump did. He did the 15 days to slow the spread. I remember he said very early on, uh, he said, I consider myself a wartime president fighting an invisible enemy. And and by the way, I defended him on that because some people uh, picked on him for that and thought that he was being too hyperbolic and whatnot. I said, no, 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 that's what we need. That's the attitude we need. This is serious. This is a an emerging global pandemic. It happens one, about once a century, and here it is, and we got to deal with it. Um, but we all know what happened over time. Even you know, even some Republicans will acknowledge Trump seemed to get bored with it. He seemed to lose interest. He was inconsistent in his messaging. Uh, he's, you know, he would tell people they should wear a mask, but then he wouldn't wear them, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and I liked what Biden was saying and I liked what Biden did as far as uh, getting the vaccines out. Even Chris Ruddy from Newsmax. And when do, when, when would I ever agree with that guy? But even Chris Ruddy, the managing editor at Newsmax did a piece giving Joe Biden credit for the distribution of the vaccines, and uh, and making that uh, such a, a top priority, he gave he was very careful. He gave Trump credit for Operation Warp Speed, but he also and he even acknowledged in the article. He said, "I know a lot of our readership doesn't want to see this, doesn't want to hear this, but we should give President Biden credit for this." Um, so, and I give President Biden credit for that. I think you know, I mean, there were missteps and mistakes, of course, but uh, you know it. It is a global pandemic. It's a little difficult to manage, and it is something that happens only once a century. I, I hope that holds. I, I hope we don't have to go through this again in our lifetimes. But uh, that was the one thing that I wanted more than anything else because that was, you know, that was pretty serious stuff. It permeates everything else. So I wanted that. And then once people started getting vaccinated, numbers started coming down, I started to feel like, okay. Well, he can be a one-termer, and let's get somebody a little younger and fresher in there in 2024, and we're good. That's how I view the Joe Biden presidency. I already got what I wanted out of it. I don't mean to sound selfish. I mean, for, I, I wanted that for all of us. I wanted that for the country. I wanted that for the world. You know, let's let's get people vaccinated and, you know, try to get, try to get through this. And I guess at this point we are. I guess we're, we've gone from pandemic to endemic i guess and it is endemic we're stuck with it for the rest of our lives but uh at this point hopefully it's more of a nuisance i don't know how many people i know we're still probably losing at least a couple of hundred people every day in this country but anyway um so i'd like him to go away and i think it's selfish for him to stay i think it's selfish for him to run for a second term because his age and his, again, sometimes, sometimes he just doesn't seem like he's got it in him. And that, that is what will hand Trump a second term. That is what will do it. All right. We are just past the top of the hour. Let's do this. This is a brand new single from Sepsis. This is called Bloodlines. This is, I'm sorry, not Bloodlines, Bleedlines. I apologize. Bleed Lines, the brand new single from Sepsis. This isn't out until next month. 
but we got it early. And yes, they did give us permission to premiere it here on the show. Uh, so here it is. And then we'll be back with hour number two. Eric Pilcher is going to join us as well, uh, perhaps uh, a little bit earlier than he had planned, um, which will be great. I really look forward to talking to him. All right, here it is. Bleed lines from sepsis. Welcome back, everybody, as we are well in hour number two, Numero Dose of Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester, and hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Today is Tuesday, March 28th. 2023 so nice to have you all with me that track we heard a few minutes ago that was bleed lines the brand new single from sepsis uh it comes out in april but we have it early and they said go ahead and play this and uh, very happy to premiere it here on matt connerton unleashed another great track from that band speaking of music we have a lot of great music uh coming up on the show this week uh let's see tomorrow I want to make sure we don't miss anybody here. Tomorrow in the second hour, we'll be joined by the band Slim Volume. Uh, Thursday, we have Off the Map. And on Friday, After Image, uh, or I should say After Image, because it's uh, one word. Uh, Jenny is uh, particularly excited about that one. She'll be here for that as well. Uh, so a lot of music this week and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, 603-250-6007 is a number. If you'd like to join us, 603-250-6007. If you do want to get in with a uh, quick call, do so soon because our friend Eric Pilcher is going to be joining us via phone. Uh, he might not be able to Skype in where he is. Uh, I'm not sure, but he'll. I think he'll be calling in. Uh, but uh, if you want to get in with a call before that, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can uh, email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com or message me directly through that website. Uh, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat, but the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. By the way, uh, a subject that we did touch on briefly earlier, um, uh, the how the Democrats performed in the midterms, uh, Crystal, uh, our, our friend from Illinois, posted this in the chat room. It's a, a good uh, reminder. Uh, she said, Democrats did well in midterms because in many states, like here in Illinois, the Democratic Governor Association paid millions to promote the worst Republican candidates to win their primaries. Um, so, whoops, sorry, scrolled up. So the terrible Republicans would be easier to win against in the midterm elections. Uh, no one wanted to vote for those loser Republicans. Um, the guy Bailey, uh, they propped up here in Illinois, spoke like he only had a kindergarten education. 
the guy gave off serious idiot vibes. Yeah, and we did talk about that, too, at the time a lot on the show about this uh, strategy that the Democrats were working, were using, where they were spending a lot of money to prop, uh, prop up these bad candidates. And um, I, at the time, I argued that I thought it was unethical to do that and much too dangerous. Now, in one sense, so, uh, well, the reason I felt that way was because, yeah, you can, I mean, technically, sure, you can give money to whoever you want to, right? Um, but if you're going to prop up uh, bad candidates specifically because you think they might be easier to beat, well, what if that backfires and that bad candidate ends up winning the election, ends up mobilizing the base and winning the election, and you helped elect that bad, bad candidate? You know, like, say, for example, in Pennsylvania, just a random example, say in Pennsylvania, they had, you know, they propped up Doug Mastriano to make sure that he won the uh you know, that he won the uh, the nomination, the Republican nomination. But what if he had actually won the election and become governor? It would have been the fault of the Democrats who gave him money. Um, now, that didn't happen. The backfires that could have happened did not happen. So I was wrong there, and I guess, in terms of worrying about that, right? But I do think it's unethical. It's too risky. If you're propping up uh, bad candidates because you think they'll be easier to beat, you always run that risk of what if they win. And uh, that's not not good, <laughs> right? Then you've actually made the problem worse. The other effect that that has, and this doesn't get talked about enough, but the other effect that that has when you use that strategy that the Democrats used is by propping up bad sort of extremist, crazy candidates, you, you, you help to unwittingly, you help to sort of normalize them in the Republican Party, and you help to kind of expand that Overton window where these candidates who are being propped up, they become more acceptable to that electorate, and that's also not good. I mean, it's good for you politically if you're in the opposing party. You think you're damaging. If, if you're a Democrat, you think you're damaging the Republican Party by doing that because you're making the party seem, you know, like, oh, look at all these crazy people, right? But... But you're also you're you're maybe helping your party doing that by damaging them. But you also run the risk of actually doing a greater harm to our country, to our democracy. Like if you're propping up a bunch of election deniers, what if some of those election deniers win? Now, that didn't happen, but you have helped normalize by propping up those candidates you have helped to normalize and establish their ideas and their rhetoric within the Republican Party, right? So you're sort of helping them to spread that virus of election denialism, for example. And that's not good for America. So, you know, yeah, you're, you're doing something uh, that's, that might be, uh, it might be smart uh, politically, but the, the, there's a greater risk to that that's really pretty dire. So I don't agree with that strategy. It did work. Uh, Crystal says it did backfire a few times. Mary Miller won her midterm. Uh, she was another one. The Democratic Governor Association paid millions to prop up. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's true, Crystal, and, and it's good that you point that out. Yeah, there, there, were, there were a couple of examples. But for the most part, the strategy did work. Um, Melanie says uh, besides backing bad candidates and incompetent leaders is a Republican tactic. <laughs> well— yeah, I, I, I would say both parties uh, have at times uh, done that. Uh, I mean, I don't think, uh, listen, I don't think the Democratic Party should have nominated Joe Biden. Uh, I think there were better candidates in that field.
um, for, and I, I say that for a couple of reasons, but you know, you didn't have to, didn't have to nominate the oldest guy there. I, I mean, again, it's, it's, uh, uh, you can really blame that on South Carolina, I guess. Right. I always say Joe Biden owes his presidency to South Carolina and Congressman Jim Clyburn. But, um, you know, uh, if, if, uh, we had gone, uh, with, uh, if somebody younger had won, then we wouldn't be having the discussion about is Joe Biden too old because it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't be a factor. You know, you could take that out of the equation. Um, Chris Rose uh, from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, joins us in the chat room. Uh, let's see. And Isaac Banks uh, says, hashtag Matt. I had a crush on Catherine Bach, Tane McClure. Tane? I don't even know who that is. Or is that supposed to be Ta- Tanya? Uh, Susanna Williams from Card Sharks, Model Dealer. Tamika Jacobs from Model Deal or No Deal. And Casey Head from Deal or No Deal. I see. All right. Well, you've given us an idea of what you're looking for in a in a mate. That's wonderful, Isaac Banks. <laughs> Melanie says, I blame all my problems on South Carolina as a general practice. Well, we have to blame somebody, Melanie. Well, why don't we just blame uh, South Carolina? That sounds good to me. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this. Like I said, our friend Eric is probably going to be able to join us a little bit earlier uh, than we thought, which is good. I want him to weigh in on the subject. I had, I had wanted to get into some other things, but, um, well, we did kind of, we did go off on some tangents, but there is more to talk about. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about this, this new, uh, smash hit single, uh, former president Trump. He has a hit song on his hands. It's called Justice for All, not Injustice for All. It's not, uh, he didn't, uh, didn't do a, uh, a remix of the Metallica album or anything like that. No, no, no. It's called Justice for All. It's Donald Trump and the J6 Prison Choir. Yes. Yes, a former president has teamed up. He loaned it. Now, Trump doesn't sing. He just uh, he just speaks in the uh, track, but the, the choir sings, and it's made up of people who are uh, in prison uh, because of the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. And Trump is now making music with them. It is a, a collaboration, a creative collaboration. And, uh, well, personally, I think it's disgusting. But uh, I understand, uh, obviously, millions of people love it because it is number one on iTunes. Oh, yes. Celebrating uh, the, the insurrection and the insurrectionists. Of January 6th. They get to have a hit song. Isn't that nice? Um, Newsweek has an article. Uh, Let's see. Let's look at this. And this is, by the way, this is what Eric and I are going to talk about when he uh, calls in. Uh, Donald Trump tops iTunes charts. uh, A song by a group of men uh, who were incarcerated as a result of their involvement in the January 6th Capitol attack has risen to number one on the iTunes singles chart besting the likes of Miley Cyrus, Lady Gaga, and Rihanna for the top spot. Justice for All by the J6 Prison Choir, featuring the voice of Donald Trump, is aimed at, quote, supporting certain prisoners denied their constitutional rights, unquote, according to the single's official webpage, and consists of a rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner interspersed with the former president's Pledge of Allegiance. 
Yes, nothing shows your patriotism more than uh, sedition, uh, does it not? Uh, Trump has previously called for the January 6th rioters to be released, saying they had been treated unfairly and that he would consider pardoning their sentences should his 2024 presidential bid be successful. The single released on March 3rd. By the way, that's something I didn't realize. This actually came out on March 3rd. I didn't realize that. But apparently the reason it's a hit song all of a sudden is because at Trump's uh, rally that he just did in Waco, Texas, uh, Trump opened the rally with the song and his hand on his heart while the song plays and video of the insurrection uh, show is uh, shown. And... Uh, this is all, uh, I guess that's what patriotism looks like in 2023. Wow. Amazing. Amazing, as uh, Jesse Lee Peterson would say. Amazing. Uh, if you don't know who JLP is, look him up. You'll And prepare to be amazed in uh, several different ways. Uh, Trump has previously uh, called for the January 6th. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that already. Uh, the single released March Third has sat at the top spot on the iTunes chart of uh, for the U.S. since Friday, uh, reacting to its popularity on his Truth social media platform. Trump wrote on Sunday, "Wow, yeah, I bet he never, uh, I bet he never uh, expected to have a hit song, especially with the uh, J6 Prison Choir. Wow, I mean, some people had to die for that to happen, and." Uh, you know, but hey, but whatever. Yeah, you got a hit song out of it, right? It's great. Uh, as of 4.20 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, the song remained above Miley Cyrus's Flowers, which is dominating other charts globally, and Lady Gaga's Hold My Hand in third place. It is only making a uh, ranking on iTunes in, uh, in the U.S. chart. Elsewhere in the world, it is nowhere to be seen, and it is not featured among the top streamed songs on Spotify or YouTube. The song is available on all major streaming platforms. They shouldn't allow it, in my opinion. They shouldn't allow it. Uh, according to Forbes, Trump recorded his voiceover at his Mar-a-Lago residence in Florida in February, while the inmates were recorded over a prison phone earlier in the year. Funds from the profits will reportedly be dispersed to families of people who did not assault police officers during the riot. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just so everyone's clear, uh, if you want some of that sweet money from the, uh, from the profits of this song, uh, make sure that uh, uh, whoever uh, in your family... Uh, participated, uh, didn't actually assault a police officer. Um, you know, if they uh, broke some stuff, maybe assaulted some other people, uh, maybe uh, uh, broken, you know, maybe they, uh, I don't know, put their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk or whatever, you know, uh, left uh, threatening message, whatever. You know, that's all good. As long as they didn't uh, violently assault an officer, you can get some of those, uh, you can get some of those royalties, that's pretty sweet. I got to tell you, boy, the way the music industry works now, it's very different than when I started in the business. And uh, I believe uh, Eric Pilcher is on the line with us. Hello, Eric. There's no Aaron. Good afternoon, Matt. How are you? Good, good. Uh, what do you think of this new song? You, did you actually listen to the entire song? Two minutes of my life I will never get back. 
I didn't even listen to the whole thing. Uh, uh, is uh, did I did I miss anything? Because I, it, I my problem was I I listened to part of it and then um, you know that that burning sensation you get in your throat where you know you start to throw up a little bit but you swallow it back down and oh boy I'll tell you that was enough for me. I I can understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm walking through a hallway here. Yeah, no worries. Um, It's weird, you know. I think we're, this is the direction we're going to start going, is musical pandering. Yeah. I think think the days of having pets with American flag bandanas is over. Well. I, I mean, but... On a greater note here, I just, one moment here. Sure. I, I guess my greater concern here is this, just the, I, I mean, just the tone deafness of all of it. Yeah. That and we spoke about that on Messenger. Yes. That you roll this out in Waco, Texas, of all places. Yeah, there is that. Yes, uh, Waco, of course, known for uh, some. Uh, some people uh, say, uh, "What was that? '93 that that happened? Uh, it was during the Clinton administration." It's the thirty 30th, 30th anniversary of it. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, uh, Janet Reno, of course, was the. Uh, she she took a lot of heat for that at the time. Uh, some uh, misjudgments there, but uh, some people say that it is that event that was sort of the beginning of that sort of of, of the violent extremism that we uh, that we have come to see that has been building over the years with these militia groups and uh, and uh, and all of that kind of thing. But but yes, that's where Trump chose to have his rally. And and you know we talked about it as well that. That either A, he's completely tone deaf, which we can't remove that from the realm of possibilities, certainly. Mm-hmm. Or B, he did it because there, I'm sure there are still a lot of extremists in that area mm-hmm. that he's trying to cater to. And that's, that's my concern with all of this. Mm-hmm. is there are people now that are going to say he is so patriotic. Look at what he's doing. And I guess the money raised from this is going to go to these people's defense funds. Well, according to uh, according to this, Eric, uh, I, because I was looking at this article from Newsweek, it says here funds from the profits will reportedly be dispersed to families of people who did not assault police officers during the riot. So as long as uh, you didn't actually assault an officer, you get some of that cash. But how do you know? What? Are you going to take their word for it? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Are you going to send a questionnaire? Well, is, Take a straw poll? Well, <laughs> I know, I know. But but here's the thing about that, though, Eric. In the end, it doesn't matter. The money's not going to get to them anyway. None of none of the money that gets raised for. It's not going to get to them. Realistically, and and I will say I supported Donald Trump, but 
how blind you have to be that you are sitting here and trusting a man that is alleged to have fraudulently used campaign dollars to keep a porn star quiet about his extramarital affair with getting money to people in prison. Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't know what goes into uh, paying off uh, a porn star with hush money. Sorry, I was, uh, cha- I, mean, I, was I, I, I was channeling Ron I mean, DeSantis I, there. It's <laughs> that we're sitting here and saying, oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's millions of people that are like, oh, Donald Trump's going to get this money to the right people. Mm-hmm. No. No. No, he's not. Just like this week, I this past week, I challenged some uh, people, some uh, conservatives I know that are, you would term them, e, term them as evangelicals. Mm-hmm. I said, how can you stand behind a man that is accused of what he's accused of? Stealing money to shush up a woman of ill repute. And to cover up his extramarital affair. Yeah. What, well, so when you say... So he took money. I'm like, how do you feel about money you probably donated to his campaign being given to Stormy Daniels? Right. Well, so what, what kind of answers it, do you get when you say that to, to your friends? Well, that... I have been told it's what he's accused of, Eric. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if he's done it, then what? what's the standard here? <laughs> right. I get it. Politicians have shut, have used money in NDAs to shut women up that they have had affairs with for decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Never going to change. Cool. But if you're going to sit here and prop a president or former president on a pedestal, you have to be ready. You have to be there when they fall and be like, my bad. Right. Like, yeah, this person isn't who I thought he was. I personally think that the song is just a bunch of glad handling crap. Yeah. Well, this the song is is terrible, but but the the thing that is bothering me so much and this is why I wanted to get your perspective. And by the way, I I, I said earlier in the show, I wanted to point out to people because I know when I, you know, when I pick on Trump, which I don't do nearly as much as I used to because he's not president anymore, but when I do pick on him, there's always people who will say, oh, Matt, you're just picking on Trump because of your politics, because you don't like his politics. And it's like, no, no, it's got nothing to do with that. Um, uh, I, I, I think this is disgusting that he would do something like this. And, and I wanted to bring you on because, you know, you're you're a, a white Midwestern uh, Christian conservative who also uh, finds this objectionable, as you've made it clear. So it's obviously it's not about politics. It's about what this guy is doing and and I remember you you know you talked about how uh, you you got off the Trump train when he started talking about pardoning 
the the January sixth insurrectionist. It's painfully obvious he is not going to recant. Right on those statements. Oh no, he's he's all the way in now. He's all the way in with them. He's with them. Oh, yeah. He's with them. This song shows it. Yeah. There's no turning back now. Right. My hope is that something happens with this whole Stormy Daniels case situation. And when it does, it royally just screws him over and takes him out of the running. See, I don't think it will, that's though. My, that's my hope, because I firmly, I'm firmly with you, Matt. If he gets to the primary season, he will be the nominee. Yes. I believe that. I won't caucus for him, but I can only control me. Right. I can't control everyone else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But I, I think... That's, that's my opinion on it. But I think whatever happens to him, so if he's... Say he's indicted which I'm not convinced that he will be with this. He's got bigger problems than, than the, the Stormy Daniels uh, situation. But if he is indicted, I think it actually helps him. And I think he wants to be indicted because anything, anything like that, anything bad that helps him, I mean, well, anything bad that happens to him, I should say, uh, he just raises more money. He's able to raise more money. All he had to do was say... Well, oh, there's oh. something to be said about the man who turned mud into gold. Mm-hmm. At one point, there was too much mud and not enough touch. Mm. And that's going to end up happening to him. I don't know when. I don't know if it'll be by, the, by 2024. Right. But it will happen. And I just, I hope that if he is elected, if he is elected, it doesn't happen while he's in office. Mm-hmm. Because that would just that would be bad. Well, that that would be just we would have a January sixth situation amplified. Yeah, I um, it, like it just would be bad. It's just bad. I can't explain it any more than that. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I, just, I, I think all this stuff, it, it, I, I do think it helps him in terms of getting to the nomination, but it certainly won't help him in the general election. Well, I think, I think the problem that we're going to be faced with is, is if Joe Biden runs, Donald Trump will win. I firmly believe that. I, I, Just because of how badly this presidency has went. Well, to me it's a to me it's a mixed bag. So I I, I don't I don't agree there, but I do I did say earlier in the show and, and you 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 probably didn't uh hear hear any of it cuz you were working. But I um but I I am angry with Biden because um this this will be uh, if if we do end up with another Trump presidency, that will, in my view, be partly Biden's fault, because the correct thing for Biden to do, in my view, is to step aside and let somebody else have a crack at it for 2024. It's time for 
Time for him to go bye-bye. He's 80 years old, and and thank you and good night. And we need, and and we need younger people on both sides of the aisle. Frankly, I mean, Trump is not. Oh, absolutely. Trump Trump is only a few years younger than Biden. But here, but but the the one way that I do think so, I'm not. I I don't agree with you that if Biden is is running, and I believe he is, that that Trump definitely wins. But I do think it's a risk. And I think that uh, the Democrats would have a much better chance of making sure that doesn't happen with somebody younger and more energetic and who seems more up to the job. So Biden is a huge liability. I do agree with you on that part. And uh, and that's a concern. I, I want them both to just go away, but neither of them are. I, I want, I guess for me, I would love it. I would love to see a Republican, and I say this quite a bit when we talk about politics. I would like to see a Republican that goes back to what I feel the roots of the Republican Party are. Let's go back to helping families Mm -hmm. in our country. Let's go back to promoting hardworking states, cities, town, whatever. Let's bring manufacturing back. Let's get back to being blue collar. Let's get back to having kids have the ability to learn a trade instead of pushing college down their throat. That's what I want to see. I want to see this movement where we start going back to when it, when people could actually say, I'm proud to be an American and mean it, not just have it be some political platitude that you say on the 4th of July. Well, how do you feel, uh, Eric, how do you feel about as a, I know that you're a conservative, but how do you feel about these more moderate Republicans? See, the kind of Republicans I'm comfortable with are people like Larry Hogan, who, by the way, is not running, as as you probably know. Uh, he doesn't see a lane for him. But I always say on my show, the most popular, if you look strictly at polling data, the most popular politicians, the, the, the most popular politicians in America... Are, are blue state Republican governors like Larry Hogan, Phil Scott, Charlie Baker here in New Hampshire, Chris Sununu. We're kind of a bluish state. But uh, uh, moderate Republican governors who are able to do the one thing that nobody else seems to be able to do, which is actually unite people in some ways. And uh, I, I mean, I would love to see Larry Hogan, for example, as the Republican nominee. He's not running. Um, Sununu might run. Uh, I don't think he has a shot. I mean, I think it's going to be Trump. But I mean, how do you feel? How would you feel about somebody like that? Somebody who would be? I think it would have to. I would then, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Matt. I That's would okay. then default to what I feel is important. Mm-hmm. Like if if someone is a, if someone goes against something that if a candidate goes against something that I feel strongly about, yeah, I'm not going to lean towards them. Look, do I do I vote predominantly Republican? Yes. Yeah. But I've always said there's a quote from the movie The Departed. I don't I don't I'm not a product of my environment. My environment is a product of me. And that's how I vote. 
I don't want to vote just because my my registration card says Republican. Right. If I feel there is a Democrat that is closer aligned to my values, I will vote for that Democrat. Now, yeah. is it very, very rare that that happens? Certainly. Yeah. But I will do it. Yeah. And if if someone is going to stand up there, and I keep going back to this because I feel so strongly about it, and say these individuals that attempted an upheaval of our democratic process that makes us a free nation, we're going to pardon them, then I am sorry. You are the problem with America. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. You are the reason why we are a laughing stock. Yeah. It's, and to sit there and record a song with these individuals, like, these individuals are, they are criminals. Yeah. They are, in a way, you could even call them war criminals. I, I, call, I call them domestic terrorists. I mean, as far as far absolutely, as, yeah, yeah, they attacked our capital. They're and you can sit here and say, "Oh, well, they were just angry at Nancy Pelosi." They no, this rage was not any rage that was set on one side of the aisle. And even if it was, it's still inappropriate. Yeah, this was anybody that was in that building at that point in time could have been considered a target. Oh yeah. That's why they ran away. Josh Hawley. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video of Josh Hawley running, you know, after, after he raised his fist in solidarity uh, with the protesters before, and then, and then you see video of him <laughs> running away from them. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, See, if you've ever seen the movie undercover brother, he pulled the Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, I haven't seen that. When Neil Patrick Harris, he puts up the black power symbol. It's painfully awkward and obviously can. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like. Oh. Yeah. What, what was that? Is there some sort of an alarm going off? Are you okay? Oh, sorry. I'm reporting the bus. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> do, do, um, do we need. Yeah. Do we need? No, we're fine. Oh, okay, I, I didn't. I didn't want you to. I didn't want you to be in a. I didn't know if there was uh, anybody on the bus with a MAGA hat who might violently assault you if you say the wrong something. Okay, no, you're all right. Please, the vehicle is constantly moving, so yeah, I'm good. okay. They, they, I find that those individuals in those hats tend to be slower moving. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you they, you can kind of telegraph. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we You're like, oh, okay. Well, this is how this is going to go down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But no, I. Oh, go ahead. But another thing is, you know, it, it, uh, I brought up the Tucker Carlson video. Yeah. Brought up, and I said, well, I'm like, when. I said, but 
you said these same people. I said when MSNBC and the Democrats showed this video, you said it was cherry-picked, and they just picked out the scariest moments. I'm like, but it can't be the same for Fox News and Tucker Carlson? Mm-hmm. That if he picked out the most peaceful parts he could to fit a narrative? Right. What 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 well, can, what do they what do they say when you uh, hit them with that? Oh, you're gonna get a kick out of this one. Yeah. Ah, uh, this is a doozy. Tucker Carlson would never do that because he fights for the truth and for what's right. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well. I I I literally, my mouth dropped. Yeah. I'm walking away now. Yeah. I'm like, uh, it's a bad day when I'm sitting there saying, were we really, really that bad off when Rush Limbaugh was the number one guy? (sighs) Boy, (laughs) those were were simpler times, at least. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well... Well, Eric, yeah. Eric, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll start to let you go because we're we're it's it's uh, getting late in the show. But I, I appreciate your calling today. I, like I said, I wanted to get your input on that. Uh, oh yeah, I'm always glad to call in. It's just during my training schedule, it's a it's a tad difficult, but we made it work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we'll let you go. Oh, did you want to give a plug uh, for uh, Friday's film review? Yes. This week's classic film review is dedicated to a very special, loyal listener of not just classic film reviews, not just Matt Connerton Unleashed, but WMNH as a whole. Oh. Melanie La Liberty. Yes. Oh. This week's film oh, is yes. dedicated to Melanie. Yes. Dumb and Dumber. Yes. I think she said in the chat room uh, the other day that's her favorite film. I, I, I might have misunderstood things. I can misread situations <laughs> occasionally. That's right. <laughs> but I, that's what I took from it. Yes, yes. Although I, I did get a message from EZG today. Did you? Yes, I did. EZG tried to watch Goodwill Hunting today. Oh, did he? Um, I got a message. And that he was starting it. And then I, I want to say 10 to 15 minutes later, I got a message from him saying he couldn't watch it because of too many F-bombs. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's sensitive that way. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and I did tell him, I said, easy G it's, they made it authentic to Boston. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I've been to Boston. I, that's, what you hear and he, he understood that but he just he said it wasn't his cup of tea and I said I understood but I bring it up because it was so nice that he tried to watch the movie because yeah. of hearing my review oh that's good that's good he didn't say it was because of my review but I'm like it aired yesterday he's starting to watch it today yeah yeah one plus one equals two we'll <laughs> go with that <laughs> there you go all right, so we look forward to that on Friday, Dumb and Dumber. All right, Eric Pilcher, thank you, thank you yes. so much for uh, calling in today. I, I do appreciate it very much. 
No problem. Thank you for having me. Have a good day, everyone. All right, Eric. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. That was our friend Eric Pilcher. He does do Eric's uh, Eric's uh, classic film review every Friday. Uh, this Friday, the subject is Dumb and Dumber uh, with uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. I remember seeing that in the theater, actually. I thought it was okay. Uh, but uh, we do love Eric's uh, film reviews. And as, as I always say, too, he is my favorite conservative. Uh, no offense to my dad, of course. Uh, dad, you're my, you're my favorite dad. Uh, but uh, I, I see you in the chat room. But uh, Eric's my favorite conservative. Uh, let's see. Oh, something quickly, by the way, <laughs> there was something else that happened at the Trump rally. And and I, I just want people to be aware of this, too, you know, if you're uh, because I'm not so sure that uh, Trump is as uh, steadfast in his support uh, for Ukraine as some people are. Apparently, Ted Nugent, who performed at the rally, really does not like uh, President Zelensky. This is from Mediaite. Uh, Ted Nugent attacks Ukraine's Zelensky as, quote, homosexual weirdo in off-the-rails Trump rally rant before the national anthem. And there's video here, but I'm not going to play it in case there's any profanity in it. Uh, it says here, Ted Nugent performed at Donald Trump's uh, Saturday rally in Waco, Texas, where the rocker dubbed Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky as a homosexual weirdo, in quotes, of course. In a rant on taxes, Nugent screamed about multiple things the federal government is paying for that he's not in approval of, including supporting Ukraine while the country continues to fight off an invasion of Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin. Nugent yelled, quote, I want my money back. I didn't authorize any money to Ukraine to some homosexual weirdo. I want my money back, unquote. Uh, by the way, I'm not aware of uh, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky being gay. I mean, not that I would have a problem with it if he was, but uh, apparently uh, Nugent uh, has a problem with uh, that, even though he's not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, during his time on stage, the Cat Scratch Fever singer also led a moment of silence for the January 6th Capitol rioters who are currently in jail or, as Nugent put it, the, quote, political prisoners in the gulags of Washington, D.C., unquote. Nugent demanded the U.S. border be secured with U.S. tax dollars. Uh, Nugent has long been an outspoken conservative and vocal Trump supporter. He is best known for hits like Cat Scratch Fever and Stranglehold, both released in the 70s. Nugent teased his Waco appearance on Twitter, where he promised a fire-breathing rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner to introduce the former president. Quote, I will unleash a fire-breathing Star-Spangled Banner with the great President Donald Trump at the Waco Regional Airport tomorrow at 2 p.m. McClellan County is the epicenter of conservative American dream spirit values. See you there, patriots. That's what he tweeted. Uh, among the other uh, speakers at Trump's Waco rally were My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell, well, of course, as well as representatives Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, yes, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, we don't have time to really get into it now, but she went to visit the uh, these uh, uh, January 6th uh, uh, people who are uh, held, uh, held captive, as she put it. Yes, political prisoners. Uh, my dad says in the uh, chat room, he is an idiot. Uh, 
that lineup says it all. Ted, oh, I'm sorry, Melanie says that lineup says it all. Yes, but my dad says he is an idiot. I assume referring to uh, Ted Nugent. Listen, I, I will say, I mean, the guitar solo in Tail Gunner is uh, is is magnificent. But uh, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, Ted. <laughs> I am not a uh, a fan of of him as a uh, a human being. Uh he's uh, said some pretty terrible things over the years. But yes, but apparently he uh uh and now we know what he thinks of, of Vladimir Zelensky, uh certainly. All right. Well, we are almost at the top of the hour. I think we're going to close the show. We're going to play the new Sepsis uh, single one more time, Bleed Lines. Uh, it comes out in April, but we do have it early, but we'll do that in a moment. But I will remind you, too, we've got a lot of great music uh, coming up here on the show, uh, which does not include the uh, Justice for All by uh, Trump and the, uh, what was it, the J6 uh, Traitors or something? No, it's not called that. What is it called? I don't even remember. We won't be playing that. You won't be hearing that on this program. We don't uh, we don't celebrate uh, sedition uh, and uh, insurrection on the show. So you'll not be hearing that song. But tomorrow in the second hour of the show, uh, we will have Slim Volume uh, will be our musical guest. Uh, Friday, we have Off the Map. I'm sorry, Thursday, we have Off the Map. And Friday, we have After Image. And uh, Jenny will be joining us for that interview as well. She has become a very big fan of uh, After Image. Oh, uh, Jenny says uh, J6 Choir. Yes, the J6 Choir. They uh they recorded uh, their parts on the song using their uh, uh using I don't know do they uh, do they use a payphone do they still have payphones in prison? For some reason, I would imagine that would be the one place you would still find an actual old school payphone is is in prison. Uh, it just I don't but I don't know if that's true. Oh, uh, Melanie says in the chat room, Martin and I agree. Someone in hell is looking for their ice water. <laughs> Uh, Jenny says Nugent was giving Republicans a bad name long before they do it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, Nugent has said some pretty, uh, horrible things over the years. All right. Uh, on that note, uh, we will begin to wrap up. If you did miss any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, mattconnerton.com. Uh, thank you again to our friend, uh, Eric Pilcher. Uh, from uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And of course, uh, he does Eric Pilcher's classic film review. And uh, also EZG, who uh, checked in with us in the first hour. Thank you to everybody in the Facebook live chat. And uh, we will... Uh, oh, and by the way, too, if you're listening live on Tuesday, immediately after this show is Through the Stage Door, hosted by Rob Dion, followed by, at 7 p.m., a replay of Friday's Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C., also featuring myself and our friend DJ Steve. We had a great time Friday. It was a great show. So that will re-air tonight at 7 p.m. also. And uh, that's going to do it for me for now. I'll talk to you all a little bit later, but we will leave you with this once again. This is the new single. We've got it early, my friends. Uh, Sepsis is the band, and the track is called Bleed Lines. This is really good stuff. And I will talk to you all a little bit later. Bye,